Come with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another outstanding edition of Ghost Chronicles International. I am Ron Kolick, of course, and with me all the way across the pond in the land of the Red Dragons, this, I guess it's Red Dragons, anyway, all the way across the channel from the great, great country of Ireland is Steve Parson. Hello. Yeah. Hey, uh, I got this... Uh, latest news. I might as well bring it out right at the beginning of the show. Uh, this is uh, exciting news, actually, because someone actually captured a picture of a knight. Yeah. So, according to this, with a drum. Thomas Otto, 41, was spooked when he spotted the apparition of a gallop, galloping through Berkeley Castle uh, and shot with a drone. Mysterious when he lost contact with it for 10 seconds. The man claimed his drone was captured, has captured the ghost of a knight on horseback riding across 11th century castle. And he said the footage was on a clear, was clear as day. It was on a clear day, too, so you get both of them. Uh, Thomas 41 was flying his new drone at Berkeley Castle when he was spooked, spooked, I say, by an apparition, apparent apparition of a galloping through the grounds. Was it galloping or, or what? I don't know. I guess he said it was. He said the footage was shot when the drone mysteriously lost contact for 10 seconds and thought nothing of it until he reviewed the footage back home. Uh, Thomas from Dursley. Dursley? How do you say that? Is that right? Dursley. Dursley. Gloucestershire. Gloucestershire? Yeah. Yeah, okay. And he believes he captured a knight riding on a horseback. I'm sure you've seen this, right? Actually, I haven't. Uh, I, I did see the headline, but I didn't. Uh, do you know what? I couldn't be bothered reading the article. Well, that's okay, because I just published it on our Facebook page. So. Oh, okay. I can have a look later then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's amazing footage. It's circled in red. Um, when, he, when he said, oh, my God. What's that? It started zooming in and rewinding, and there was definitely something there. Where the footage was shot, the drone lost contact and control. Uh, ooh. I pressed the return home key, but it wasn't until I got home that we noticed what would be, he would describe as an apparition going through the courtyard. It was a clear day. In uh, some daylight in uh, HD, it's brilliant. Oh, well, I'm, I'm, I'm wait, just grateful. Wait, wait, this is interesting. Thomas, a TV production technical specialist, bought the drone on Tuesday. It took a spin over Berkshire Castle. Uh, there's, a lot, there's a little bit more to this, but I, I think I've had enough. You? Oh, I, well, I, I'm definitely a believer. <laughs> uh, well, a couple of things. Um, at least he ha I'm grateful that he had the presence of mind to um, contact the media. As a yeah, first priority. Yeah, I know. That's important. Um, yeah, I mean, that's very important. Yeah. Um, and secondly, he probably doesn't realize he was breaking the law by flying the drone over such a place. Mm. Because there are, like in America, there are restrictions in the use of a drone. 
um, and where you can fly it. So, uh, no, I'll have a look at it later. Um, yeah. you caught me on the hop there because uh, I, I haven't viewed the footage. I know. It's, uh, from, a reputable, it's from a reputable source, of course, Namera. Yeah, a well-known, <laughs> reputable source. To yeah. be honest with you, because our media is so full of these sort of stories, day on day on day, yeah, you know, amazing proof of that. I I barely look at them anymore. I just because you, what you see is more of the same. It's just sensationalist news reporting, and mm. I I've I've given up because uh, I, I I don't find anything to comment on anymore. So oh, I mean, there there are, there, are, there are lots of people you know who will share it and they'll comment, and there are probably even investigators um, and debunkers who will go to the nth degree to sit at their computers for hour upon hour upon hour, teasing the footage apart frame by frame in the hope of explaining it. And frankly, I can't be bothered. Yeah, so like what the NFL does to the catch rule. Yeah, I mean, because we see them every day, and you can't do anything with it. You haven't got the original footage. You've got second-hand access through a news report. You, mm -hmm. You're on a hiding to nowhere, even bothering. This is so, true. So uh, we had some very sad news as we came off air last week. Yeah, before we get to that, I just want to finish this off. Uh, he says, I'm definitely a believer. When I was seven or eight, uh, my grandfather's, uh, wait a minute. When I was seven or eight, me and my grandfather spotted uh, to talk to a neighbor. Spotted? I don't know what that means, Steve. Uh, noticed, glanced, saw, spotted, as in yeah. saw. Yeah, this is definitely from the UK. They spelt neighbor with a U. Uh, Mrs. Bramble. And I remember sitting on the bench talking to her. When I got home, my grandma asked me what kept us. And when we told her that we had been talking to Mrs. Bramble, she told us she had died the night before. There we are then. Four there years. you go. Forty years. Yep. So anyways, I put that footage and that, the whole article, which is you could read much better than I did, on uh, 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 our Facebook page, which is Ghost Chronicles International. So there you go. There we are. Uh, but returning to what I said briefly. Yes, I know. Ago, I apologize for um, Yeah, just as we as we finished last week's show, I, I received uh, an upsetting email because it was from uh, a member of, it was from Alan Murdy, um, who is the chairman of the Ghost Club. And it was to inform me uh, that a day or two earlier, um, mm -hmm that Guy Lyon Playfair had passed away at the age of 83. Oh, wow. Guy, Guy Lyon Playfair was the other hot, the other of the two investigators, uh, primary investigators of the Enfield Poltergeist case, which is what he will be remembered by many for uh, his involvement in. However, his, his involvement in psychical research and the Society for Psychical Research and the Ghost Club uh, goes way, way, way back, way beyond that. And, in fact, his, his, his involvement uh, in the Enfield case was due to his expertise in Portuguese cases, which was um, gained in South America, where he spent quite a, a deal of time um, studying Portuguese cases in South America. And that was the expertise he gained from, from that experience is what led, led him to offer his services to Maurice Gross. Um, and the two of them worked uh, very closely together over nearly... Uh, yeah, some people from this side of the pond might not know who Maurice Gross is or, 
Uh, well, Mor- Morris was the, the second investigator on the Enfield Poltergeist case. Okay. Uh, Morris was, oh, sorry, the other investigator. Morris actually was the first um, investigator from the Society of Psychical Research uh, to, the, to, to get in touch, uh, to, to uh, get in touch with the family and go along. And then Morris came uh, back and said, I'm going to need some help on this uh, because this oh, was... Wow. This was clearly uh, a big, going to be a big case. There was a lot going on, mm-hmm. and uh, Guy, as he wrote, as he, as I, as I recall him writing in the book, he, he he ultimately wrote "This House Is Haunted" about the case. Um, that rather reluctantly, because he he was quite busy, um, he did offer uh, to pop along to see if he could give Morris a hand, and then stayed for the next. For the rest of his life, really, he was involved. But he, they investigated the the Enfield case together um, for uh, getting on for uh, two years. Really, between that's a good 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 uh, piece of time. You know, it was. Um, I mean, the case didn't last that long, but you know, over the uh, you know the, there was uh, work that continued after the poltergeist had quietened down. Um, and of course, the, the case never really has been closed. Uh, obviously, the activity stopped. Uh, it began right. in September of 1977, and it, it sort of drew to an end um, in 1978. Uh, mm-hmm. But the investigations never really have ceased. Um, it's, it's constantly being reviewed um, and re-examined, looked at, and Guy. Well, Guy and Morris, when both were alive, because uh, Morris passed a few years ago, um, were constantly being sought out for their opinions and their views on it. And mm-hmm. particularly, uh, Morris, unfortunately, Morris Gross, unfortunately, passed away before the uh, the movie The Conjuring Two came out. Uh, and The Conjuring must, Two must be rolling over in his grave. <laughs> I've no doubt he was because The Conjuring 2 uh, which claimed that the Warrens had been uh, the chief investigators and solvers and fixers of the Enfield case um, of course Mo- Morris wasn't around to defend um, his his uh, portrayal in the film um, and Guy did try his best, indeed he came onto the show uh, as our guest that's right. uh, to talk about the, that very subject, but he he went on record a number of times within in a number of interviews um, discussing the case and whether the Warrens were actually involved. And um, as he said, as he said um, on our case uh, on, on, on our show, um, you know, did they did they ever actually work with the SPR and did they ever come come to Enfield? And I remember Guy's response was that he bumped into Ed once or twice. And got the impression that Ed was uh, well. He wasn't impressed, was he? Um, no. And he said that as uh, when Ed turned up, uh, he recalled that Ed Warren had said to him that he could make a lot of money um, out of this case. Mm. Um, and Guy excused him um, politely, but firmly. Mm. And that was that was really the, the Warren's only involvement in the case. So they never really investigated. Is that what you're saying? 
<laughs> they only ever turned up the one time and uh, did they turn up at the house or is that where they... I believe they did I believe that okay. they turned so up so at least they were at the house uh, I believe they got as far as the front door oh that's good yeah uh, they didn't get any further but you know since since the movie came out of course that rekindled uh, you know the interest in the, in the Enfield case right um, and um, but it, it, it's been a you know it, it's been it's never really left the media because it was um, perhaps one of the most well-investigated and certainly one of the most well-documented poltergeist cases uh, that we have on record. It was in, it was investigated by by the Society of Psychical Research, and although Morris and uh, Guy were the lead investigators, they spent um, many many days and nights, 180 I think in total, um, at the property. Wow, that's... including more than 25 uh, nights, you know, actually all night, where they made, uh, there was 140-odd hours of recording, um, that's audio recording. Now, were so, the, the participants there as well, the, the people that lived there? Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, for the majority of time, there were certainly mm-hmm. occasions when... Um, members of the family were absent, and yet the phenomena continued. Um, and it's often been said that, uh, you know, I mean, there's been a lot of debunkers come forward. Right. Um, and Guy Guy was one of the most helpful individuals. He would always encourage and support people. Uh, but he was, he, he, he was no sufferer of fools. Hmm. And um, one of the things that we shared um, was that we have the same publisher, White Crow Books. Oh. And on the on White Crow books, uh, in addition to pub- republishing or re-releasing guys, uh, some of Guy's books, um, they they also uh, Guy on their website maintains maintained a blog up until quite recently um, on the White Crow books dot uh, com website. And in twenty two thousand and twelve. One of the British television programs managed to secure an interview with one of the girls. This was for on these morning shows on television, right? Um, I, but and she'd agreed to come on uh, with the proviso that Guy would would also be there, um, and the show brought in a um, a, a resident sceptic uh, uh. for the day. I mean, you, you've got to give it balance. Was it Richard? And, no, um, skeptic. I said. <laughs> guy, guy, uh, in in his blog covered this interview, and I think if I can read just a couple of short extracts from oh, it, oh sure, it, absolutely, it, it will give you uh, perhaps a feeling for the man and and his style because he was a journalist. You know, he's a fantastic uh, literary um, author. Uh, and had a, a certain style. But I think this gives you an insight into his personality as well. Um, and this is talking about this this television appearance in February of 2012. Um, and he says, Inevitably, it was time for the sceptic of the day to have the last word, as they always do, mm-hmm. and assure the viewers that there was a rational explanation for everything they had just heard. This is known in TV speak as balance. Today's duty debunker 
was Deborah Hyde, editor of the CSI formerly Psychop Back the Skeptic, oh, okay. whose whose day job is makeup artist for the film industry. Yeah. Thus, thus she has experience in creating artificial reality, which she put to good use on this occasion. Rather than commenting on any of the actual evidence or bothering to question Janet or myself about anything at all, she embarked on a platonic monologue on the nature of human fallibility. And then he talks about that. Um, The blog is certainly worth reading. You can find it at whitecrowbooks.com. But the last last paragraph, I think, um, sums it it up. And it's, this case is not mere folklore or tradition, but one with evidence and witnesses, together with recordings and contemporaneous documentation that is available to be assessed. Mm -hmm. However, judged by its performance so far against scepticism, it is never going to convincingly explain the poltergeist. Certainly, if its critics are not acquainted with the fact, do not question the original witness and never make even a cursory examination of the collected evidence. It's the same old story. Don't bother trying to explain or even mention the evidence, when throwing the baby out with the bathwater is much less demanding on your powers of reasoning, all in the cause of scepticism. Amazing. And I think that sums up Guy very well. I was, I, I was pleased to have known him. I was even more delighted when um, a couple of years ago I did a talk for the Ghost Club and uh, in quite frail health, um, Guy uh, uh, made, um, made, I was going to say made the effort isn't the right word, but I, I guess it would have been given his, uh, you know, he was quite frail, but Guy had come along um, to be part of the audience and to listen to my talk, and you know that that gave me a great sort of personal thrill. Yeah, absolutely. I would imagine. Very, very, very sad, sad to uh, of he- hearing passing, but uh, I think as Cal Co- Dr. Cal Cooper, our other friend, said, uh, and Cal is very much with us. And Cal, Cal also. Um, Are we sure? Are really sure? <laughs> he'll phone in a minute. <laughs> he usually does. I know. Um, that I forgot what I was going to say. Now I was talking. You were talking about Cal and what he aptly said, and blah blah blah. Yeah, and I can't remember what he aptly said, but he. Uh, uh, so I thought it was very mind. aptly, right? <laughs> <laughs> it was, but it went straight out of my mind. Hey, speaking of people phoning, I was on the radio last night, mm-hmm. and you called me. <laughs> really. Now, we're talking about a new show here, right? We are, yeah. Um, right. I, following you, finally, the... you finally had enough with me and said, oh, I can do this. I'm going on my own. Screw no, that. no, no. Following in the footsteps of the master, um, you know, you've mentored me well this past six years. Uh, has um, it been six years, really? Yeah. And, and by the way, if anyone would like to hear that interview we did with uh, uh, Guy Lyon Playfair, uh, they can go on to Toji.net or on iTunes and look at uh, Tuesday, April 19th, 2016. And uh, that show has been recorded and you can uh, listen to the whole thing. Uh, so it, and, and I'm just reviewing what it says. I guess today was Guy Lyon uh, Playfair. Guy has authored a dozen books on psychical research, including The Flying Cow, 
Cacau, exploring the psychic world of Brazil, the infinite boundaries, a survey of life and death, house, this house is haunted, the story of the unfailed poltergeist, and more recently, twin telepathy, a study of psychic links between twins. So, That's right. so check that out. Uh, that is uh, Tuesday, April 19th, uh, 2016. And you can hear that entire uh, interview Steve and I did with uh, uh, this, this great guy. Well worth a listen. I think so. I really do. So anyways, um, I have to say, though, you know, I, I wanted to I wanted to get a, a piece of uh, a clip, an audio clip of, of Guy for the show. So I went on uh, YouTube and started looking up his name, of course. And then uh, right with amongst them was this guy going on there say, Guy Playfair is a fraud. He never witnessed the detective or the other thing. He wasn't even the house at the time. <laughs> so, do you know what, anything about that, or is this guy just blowing smoke out of his? You know what? He's blowing. He's blowing smoke. Um, guy, guy, as I said, was no fool. He was a very competent investigator, very level-headed investigator who reviewed, and as he says himself, you know, reviewed the evidence. Um, he he did write uh, a book an extensive book detailing uh, much of what went on in the case because of the two of them um he was the journalist and he was the he was um the writer mm-hmm. and the book is called this house is haunted and it's available on white crow books or you can you know on amazon um or you can because it was it was republished was it last year or the year before um and of course you can still find original copies uh that surface from time to time on Abbey Books or or eBay, uh-huh. and it's well worth a read because it's the actual account of somebody who was there, and you, you can go through it and you can see for yourself the timeline, and you can realise um, that many of the sceptics clearly don't haven't bothered reading the book. Um, yeah, that's what kills me. There's so many people who like to trash other people. When um... well, Joe Nickel famously blamed the girls as well, didn't he? He said that. I mean, it, it, it's perfectly true. John Nickel blames everybody. Well, I mean, it's perfectly true that uh, there was one particular occasion, which is which is recorded and, and written about in the book, um, where one of the girls did uh, fake um, throw something or mm-hmm. do something, um, which was a, and they were immediately caught. Um, but but the skeptics have latched onto that and said that you know therefore everything they did. Uh, right, now exactly. you're dealing you're dealing with young children and a house full of you know people toing and froing. There were there were different people arriving uh, almost you know every other knock of the door. There was an endless stream of people and the desire to prank them. You know mm-hmm. it's what kids do. Right. Um, and they got caught, you know, and if they got caught that easily because their pranks were so amateurish and childish, they were going to get caught a lot more. And when you look at some of the extraordinary accounts and look at the witness reports themselves, which came in from, um, you know, respected professionals, including police officers, um, you have uh, a completely different take on the case than was presented by or is presented by skeptics where they just whitewash and dismiss um and as guy i think as guy described i know as guy described in in vacuous pseudo skepticism he used to call it Mm -hmm. which i think sums it up very very well 
I think that's a, a good way of saying it. Yeah. I'm going to have a rant just before we come to the break, because on the, the next, I, I, mean, I obviously you know, express my regrets on social media about yeah. how I was passing. Um, but I, I looked at one of the sites I follow is called Paranormal Hauntings, and there's about 20-something thousand people on this particular Facebook uh, yeah. social media group. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it's, you know, it, it's up there. It's, it's one of the top social media uh, groups for paranormal stuff. And it's full of the usual uh, pictures of uh, dust and pictures of... Orbs. Uh, yeah, lots of orbs. Orbs, orbs. Are very, orbs are very in vogue at the moment. They're in vogue, yeah, I like that. You know, that's good. And... Um, knights on horseback being captured by drones and all that sort of stuff at no point in the five or six days following um guys passing mm-hmm. the announcements of guys passing did this group even not one single person mention it which i thought was quite telling on modern investigations on modern investigators that the fact that they are uh, really so and i'm going to say ignorant of those who went before them, those who laid the um, the foundations of what they do, and I think it's it's important that we that, that they go back and look at what has happened before, because that would certainly save them posting a load of orbs. Because they'd realise we, you know, these were dealt with uh, back at the start of the two thousands, mm-hmm. you know, uh, sixteen, seventeen years ago, the orb uh, phenomena broke um, in the late nineteen nineties. It's back. It's, it was examined, and now it's back in full force. Yeah. Um, you know, all these people—they uh, seem to have, or they seem to imagine that they are discovering a brangy phenomena. They mm-hmm. seem to imagine that they are the first. They've they've disregarded almost 170 years of investigation of serious study of an exa- of examination of the phenomena that they themselves claim to be investigating mm-hmm. and we touched on last week's show about the importance of history exactly and how and how, and how you know vital it is and this is a, a, an excellent example of how if you miss you, you know if you ignore your history and or you're too arrogant to look i mean i'll wager that probably most of them haven't got a single book on the bookshelves they don't know what books are yeah, if, anyway, it's not, if it's not on Wikipedia and YouTube, they, they don't know it exists. Right. It, it, we are coming to the break. But yeah. I, it's, Take it's mail address to me, please, directly for that. You know, it's curious, though, is that our show we did with Guy was on April 19, 2016, which is just a couple of days away. Mm-hmm. Isn't that intriguing? Well, also, ironically, um, the uh, Guy passed away on the 8th of April this year. Yeah. Uh, which was the very day that the BBC re- uh, broadcast a programme called The Reunion, where they brought together key members of uh, the Enfield, uh, those who were involved in the Enfield case. Mm-hmm. A little bit of synchronicity, which I'm sure Guy would appreciate. No, it's intriguing. Anyways, this is tune, so we have to take a break. You're listening to uh, Ghost Chronicles International with Steve Pass and Ron Kolick right here on Tojanet and Pararex Radio. And uh, today we have a new teller of Curious Tales in the second half. We'll play that. And till then, we'll be right back. Welcome to Tokinet, radio with a cutting edge. <laughs> 
feel the need to do some soul searching or make some changes in your life to create a more positive future? Then Circles of Wisdom is just the place for you. Circles of Wisdom is a metaphysical bookstore and more, located on Route 28 in downtown Andover, Massachusetts. We carry a large selection of books and music, crystals and gemstones, jewelry and gifts, sage, aromatherapy, and so much more, all in a relaxing and welcoming atmosphere. We offer classes on a variety of topics like yoga, Reiki, psychic development, alternative healing, and personal transformation. For guidance on this journey we call life, get a reading from one of our many readers at Circles of Wisdom, 90 Main Street in downtown Andover, right next to Bertucci's. Call us at 978-474-8010 or check us out on the web at www.circlesofwisdom.com. Lots to see and do in a feel-good place, an oasis in this hectic world. of ghost chronicles international and no show is complete without the telephone conversation from the dead that is dr cal cooper who isn't our guest tonight but in the break inevitably there is isn't there sorry there is isn't there kind of what telephone call from the dead no 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 oh i thought you said there, there isn't a guest tonight there isn't oh well, there isn't a way well there is but the guy is here within spirit oh okay then is that work Okay. Um, but I, I noticed during the break that, uh, yeah, and I uh, sort of glossed over the fact that, uh, yeah, we talked about, um, I had a telephone call from the dead last night while I was on a, on my other radio show. because oh, having, shut up. Well, we didn't do it because you jumped in with something else. After, um, after learning from the master after six years, um, I now have my own radio show on a Monday night, which you can listen to. If you search if you out, must. yeah, if you search out Pure West Radio, um, and they have their own listening app on uh, mm-hmm. Android and iTunes, mm-hmm. um, broadcasting from the UK. It's primarily looking at uh, the paranormal stuff that happens and the weird stuff that happens in yeah. West Wales. So it's not just ghosts. It's we've got shipwrecks coming up in the near future. Ooh, I like shipwrecks. And last night we did UFOs. Yeah, I had I have a I have a bunch of uh, books on my shelf about uh, shipwrecks and stuff like that, nautical stuff. And I remember, I think it was the first year I had my office, and you went there and and you, you said to me, you know, I, I never expect you to have a set of books on the shelf, uh, Jacques Cousteau. <laughs> it's like, well, you know. <laughs> Do you yeah, that? that was. I do remember that. Yeah, 
Um, yeah. You've never read them, but it was nice to see. Them. I have too. <laughs> you always told me. I just don't sit down and read a book cover to cover. I use books. I read to certain hold sections. The coffee table. Yeah, that too. Just yours. <laughs> but anyway. Uh, so speaking of books, I believe before we go to the teller of curious house, oh, I believe what um, isn't isn't your book available for pre-order? It is available for pre-order from. Uh, do I have to put that on the website? I'm doing a lot of work here today. I'm not used to doing this work. Uh, I just did three things on the freaking. Sorry, it's your book. It's your book. You want to sell it? I know, but I'm on three things. I already pasted on our Ghost Chronicles International page. It's like work. Oh man. I have Anne do all that stuff, so I don't have to do it. I, I kind of depended on you to do it, but you've gotten old. Well, I'm not going yeah, well, to. Well, it's your book. You want to sell it, you better get promoted. Whatever. Anyway, so that's how, how did they get hold of this? Uh, what's it well, called? Where did they get it? When's it on sale? Blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. And now I have to go on the website and find out all that information. Well, you should know it's your book. It's called More Ghost Chronicles. So there you go. It's on Barnes & Noble for pre-sale. It's on uh, Indy for pre-sale. It's on uh, Amazon for pre-sale. So there you go. I'm going to put the link on there just to keep all you people. Well, happy. you're only going to make me put the link on for, because uh, as I... I know this was coming. I knew this was coming. Well, you know. Uh, uh, go ahead. I, go ahead. Again, I mean, this is entirely your fault, because oh. I when when we first met six years, six, six years ago, uh, whatever... God. I'd always, actually it's longer than that because I was guesting on the show, if you remember, before that. Um, I'd always said that I wouldn't write a book on the paranormal. And um, because there are thousands. And now in 2018, uh, as of this week, I I learned that uh, the third book, (laughs) um, which... up to me, huh? Yeah, well, people commissioned me to write them. Um, Yeah, but I get paid for them. (laughs) <laughs> Touche. <clears throat> this is this is the first time in forty years that the Society for Psychical Research has um, re, re, revisited and reworked the guidebook for investigators of uh, spontaneous cases, so hauntings and apparitions uh-huh. and all that sort of stuff. And they last did uh, the, the last guide was written in the nineteen sixties. And uh, realizing that it was getting a touch out of date. A bit old, was it? Yeah, they gave me the job of rewrite, of writing the new and, one. And, and be all honesty, and, and I'm not joking or anything, they couldn't give it to a, a better person. I mean, you, you did write, of course, uh, Ghostology, uh, which is a, a nice guide. But uh, I, I, be honest with you, Steve, I'm really excited about this book. And, uh, and you know, I, I just feel I'm going to read it to cover to cover. Like well, it'll be it'll be a nice, easy one because <laughs> yeah, it won't hold up your coffee table. It's only forty pages. Uh, sorry, forty-eight pages. Um, because it's designed. It's not designed as a book that you would um, read. Read. Well, it, it's designed that it, it's designed to be a book that you will carry with you. It's a guidebook. Um, it's something that you can dip into. You, you can refer to, and it's also. Uh, a springboard to what will be um, a large series of supporting pages on the Society for Psychical Research website, which will be um, a go-to place of resource for investigators of these sort of cases where they can find in-depth information. 
Um, so they can find, you know, uh, all of the stuff that they need to know about and uh, how to use equipment, what sort of equipment to choose, mm-hmm. how to go about interviewing witnesses, oh, what to look for when you look at when you're interviewing witnesses, you know, what sort of questions, yeah. how to ask them. All those things will will between the guidebook itself and the website um, be uh, a big major new resource for investigators because you know I'm really excited about this because I've been doing it so wrong for so many years and I I'd be glad to be corrected and get back on the straight and narrow I don't, path. I don't know I it's difficult <laughs> to say that people do it wrong anybody does it wrong but there are certain mistakes that I, I, everybody you know we're all guilty of and and be honest with you sometimes we just get a little lazy and we don't do what we should do. Right. That's yeah. right. I mean, you know, it, it's like driving a car. You develop bad habits over years, and it, it doesn't do you any harm to revisit. Um, Not at all. Uh, you know, uh, once in a while, uh, a how-to. Um, and there are lots of, I mean, there are an awful lot of how-to guides out there. Um, mm-hmm. Some of them are good. Some, some from of them from almost reputable people. <laughs> I was going to say, some of them are, are, are eminently useful and, and helpful, and others are... Um, Crappy cup holders. Uh, uh, well, I mean, they're good for recycling. Yeah. I tell you what, one of the best books I ever received, of course, was uh, Haunted in New Hampshire. And, and I loved it because the state of New Hampshire on the cover, which was covered most of the cover, was made of glow in my dark material. So I could put that on my nightstand and I could place my beer there when I watch TV. <laughs> I could never have to worry about finding that coaster. I know exactly where it was. <laughs> Oh, I received a haunted object today in the mail. Again? Again? I am so jealous, Mr. Parsons. It's it's actually three objects. It's a... a, The best way you can describe it is it's it's a platter uh, with a Star of David on it. It's diamond-shaped with a Star of David on it. And there are two candlesticks. Um, They're in in a... Quite a pleasant green matte uh, glass... Uh-huh. Uh, and, and they were used in a spiritualist church. Um, whether they're haunted or not, I, I, I have no idea. I've only had them a few hours. But nonetheless, one thing I did discover inadvertently is yeah. that um, they glow the most incredible bright green because they're made of depression glass. They're full of oh, uranium. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they're made of uranium glass. And they give off this most lurid uh, sort of slimer green glow. Yeah. Which, uh, now, which might be part of their reputation. Now, I, I do want to mention, because there are some people that are fairly young that might be listening to the show that don't know what depression gash glass is. And uh, do you want to handle that? Uh, well, I, I only briefly t- uh, read about it, but this was glass that was made, well, in during the Depression, uh, which was in the, the 20s and 30s. Um, in the late Victorian era, they discovered that if you throw uranium ore into um, glass, it gives this nice glow, particularly in, in, in ultraviolet light or in direct sunlight. And, of course, in you know before the era of electric lighting and 
when it was all done by gas mantles, mm-hmm. um, they used to use a couple of percent of uranium in the glass mix. In fact, they still do today. You can yeah. there is still there is still a number of make this carnival glass and um, this this glowing you know, glow in the dark glass. It's, it's very nice looking, and it is, oh, yeah. and it is. Yeah. Um, and this stuff's made of it, but you know that's not why it was said. But that might be yeah. why it got this reputation of, of glowing. Glowing in the dark. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but it's, it's, it, in all fairness, we use uranium a lot. I mean, all the dials and our watches back then were uranium. Oh God, yeah, yeah. Big yeah. Ben alarm clocks. Yeah, alarm clocks as well. Yeah, yeah. They've been uh, they've been resp- I remember an investigator <laughs> telling me once that uh, he blamed it was a Big Ben alarm clock mm-hmm. um, for the paranormal experiences that that, that this person was uh, reporting, and he said that. Um, that it was due to the radiation given off by the radium dial of the Big Ben alarm clock uh, that was affecting him and causing a form of um, hallucinatory radiation sickness. There you go. Look at that. There you go. Yeah, I like that. So, uh, hey, because the nightstand on the night... Well, I was just going to say, be careful, it's on the nightstand. And and speaking about that, you should be careful on the nightstand until your clock radio gives off a a, a tremendous amount of... uh, uh, if it's, yeah. Well, particularly if it's got a neon tube, you know, with the old Correct. red um, LED. Right. Yeah, that's what I was talking yeah. about. Right, I should have been clear. Yeah. yeah. Uh, if you've got those old red digital displays, they are giving off a whacking great amount of electromagnetism. So, push them away from you. Yeah. Um, they can actually, uh, whilst they may not cause you to have a paranormal experience, they might certainly... Um, cause you to have a headache or fatigue um, or some other sort of ailment. So they're going to affect your physical health rather than anything else. But, yeah, kick them away. Uh, put them at the opposite end of the room. Yeah, and, and I, I want to mention about the depression glass, too. I mean, back in the days, back in the early days, uh, you could go in, uh, to, like, a theater, and they would give you a, a piece of a uh, depression glass. Otherwise, you might get a glass. Another day, you might get a plate. And, you used to, and people used to build entire uh, sets of, of dishware uh, by going to the movies or going to the gas station. And it was very common. A lot of, uh, you know, uh, that was done a lot of times. Steak knives you could get at, at gas stations and you could build sets. And that was the way of getting your back. And I have, I have on my bookshelf, and I'm looking at it right now, is Jan's, St. Jan, her family, uh, her mother precisely, used to go to the supermarket and every, uh, I forget when it came out, but every so often that you would get another piece of the Bible. And so she has this entire Bible built from the supermarket. Wow. Isn't that kind of cool? Depression glass also has another name. uh, 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 It's sometimes called Vaseline glass, isn't it? Yeah. Um, That's another name for it. I mean, there are people who collect it. It, Yeah. Oh, yeah, my sister does, yeah. Because it was quite, it's it's much more common in the USA than in the UK. The prices here are quite high. Um, whereas in America, I've seen it on eBay for you know just a few dollars. Whereas it's double or three times the price in the UK. Because yeah. it, we had we had fewer glass makers who who, invo- who who were indulged in that sort of glass making. Right. Um, so that's why it's called you know after the America the US depression. Uh, I know we're halfway through it. We want to get to tell a curious yes, tale, but I, I, was... I have, but I have one more question for you, Steve. Now, yeah. uh, you're, you're fairly. You're, I, I always consider you one of the foremost uh, authorities on infrasound, correct? Uh, I know a little bit, yeah. Yes, yeah, so you know a little bit That's about fair. it. That's fair. Right? Is it? It's a fair assessment. Um, 
And and exactly, infrasound is, is low frequency sound. Is, is that yeah, low frequency sound below normally below uh, twenty hertz. Okay, so I, I just want to. I don't know if you're aware of this, but I just saw uh, an ad on TV uh, for uh, there's this clinic here in Massachusetts that uh, corrects erectile defect dysfunction uh, ED with uh, infrasound. Uh, it doesn't surprise me in the slightest because uh, back in the 1960s... Why? You've got... Oh, never mind. I better not call it. <laughs> back in the 1960s, an yeah. American naval surgeon, a surgeon commander in the U.S. Navy on board uh-huh. an aircraft carrier um, serving in Vietnam, discovered, uh, and he published a paper, and it was about sexual excitation in the young naval ratings, the, the, the uh, crewmen on aircraft carriers, um, during the launch and uh, particularly during the launch of jet aircraft um, oh. and he he realized that it was actually due to the low frequency vibrations from the jet engines as the aircraft took off um, so that was some sexual excitation is this something we have to worry about as paranormal investigators no <laughs> <laughs> No, but it's not. It's but not you really. You know, you know somebody's going to do. Yeah, it's yes. not. It's no. It comes as no surprise, because in amongst my collection of papers and articles that deal with research that deals with infrasound, um, I, I do remember um, a sort of a chuckle when I read that paper. Yeah. Um, and you know, this but is. But we actually have a clinic here now, so that's that's. I just thought I would bring that well, to you. I just wanted your thoughts on it. Like, there is it? research to support the the um, claims. claims. Yeah, okay. So to the 1960s. We are running out of time, so we do want to make sure we get this teller curious tale because uh, our our teller has spent a lot of time putting this together. So, Ben, if you have the teller curious tales, we'd love to listen to it right now. Episode 19. Episode 19. Tonight, I, the teller of curious tales, open my book once again and bring you strange and unusual stories. True stories, stranger than any fiction ever written. Listen to the teller of curious tales. We always think of man as being the master and destroyer of all other animals. Although this is quite true, there is one animal that man has never quite controlled or mastered. The rat. Wherever man goes, the rat follows or accompanies him. Whether it be building a ship, erecting a church, digging a grave, ploughing a field or taking a journey, the rat must be considered. He goes around the world on men's ships, and wherever man plants a colony, the rat plants one of his own. Build three walls in a jungle, and before the fourth is finished, the rat will have arrived. Millions and millions of dollars are spent each year to destroy them, but they still seem to thrive. They are the one animal who lives with man, but is not his friend. They steal his food, they destroy his works, and worst of all, they infect him with the dreaded typhus and bubonic plague. 
Goldsmith says that before the brown rat arrived in Ireland, frogs were more abundant. They were so hunted in their marshes by the rats, they were eaten clean of the Emerald Isle. There is something horrible and fascinating about rats. No horror story is complete without their scampering through the echoing rooms, and the gnawing of their teeth is heard behind the walls as their gleaming eyes peer from their holes. How often have you heard of dying prisoners in their loathsome dungeons, seeing rats through the horrid gloom, their small eyes like glittering coals, as they rush through the death-like silence on their claw-like feet? There are many legends about rats. A German one, which has come down from the Middle Ages, tells us about a wicked bishop named Hatto, who let his people starve while his own barns were filled with grain. Their cries for food became so loud they annoyed him, so he invited all the hungry people to an empty barn to pray for food. And while they were on their knees, he locked them in, set fire to the barn and burned them all to death. Next day, a judgment was sent on him. Thousands and thousands of rats. They overran his house, they overran his barns, and even threatened the bishop himself. He became so frightened, he fled to an island in the middle of the Rhine and locked himself in the house he had built there. But the rats swam the river, gnawed their way into the house, and thousands of them attacked the bishop. In a blind panic, he fought them off for hours. Faster than he killed them, new rats kept arriving. Thousands and thousands of them. They ran up his legs. They leapt upon him from the walls. They dropped from the ceiling. Exhausted, the bishop slumped to the floor, and the rats swarmed over him. Nothing but his bones were ever found. The gong strikes. My time is up. The teller of curious tales has closed his book. On my next visit, I'll bring you other stories, curious tales, strange beliefs. Until then, sleep tight. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one. Yeah, don't we love rats? I, I love the rats. actually. I loved listening to uh, the way he pronounced that word. It was said with such pronunciation, <laughs> piquancy. Yeah. So I, I just, I'm just curious. So all male investigators have a infrasound detector in there. <laughs> Do you not remember sitting on the back of a bus when you were a teenager? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I don't know where the stuff comes from, so I have no clue. But anyways, that was the teller, teller of Curious Tales. And, uh... I should have said you raised it. Ah! <laughs> uh... Anyway, so uh, that, was, that, was, uh, that was intriguing. I wonder if that, that island is haunted with the bishop. Do they see a skeleton walking around or his ghost trying to fend off the rats? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs>
We should email the teller, teller of curious tales, and he can tell us a curious tale. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to research it. I'm sure he'll take the caravan and go there. <laughs> you don't want to give away a secret. Although the teller of curious tales will be doing a live teller of curious tales tale at Spirit Quest. That's right. And tickets are available right now uh, on our Facebook page. Uh, we don't have the link on there. We'll, oh, no, I have to put another link on our page. Oh, or you can go to uh, com. If we ask around and get enough of the male investigators to have a whip round, I'll bring the infrasound generator over. <laughs> there you go. Let's, uh, let's do that. Yeah, Actually, yeah. I mean, we, we, yeah, we've got time. When we did, um, we used, uh, I built an infrasound generator for a big science participation experiment um, about six or seven years ago, yeah. uh, which was used at the Real Mary King's Close uh, oh, yeah. Ghost Fest in Scotland, in Edinburgh. And uh, we ran the experiment, and then at the end of the week, it came to the last day, and all the experiments had been done, and the equipment was going to be collected the next day and taken back. And this consisted of two, uh, uh, um, well, amongst other bits, but there were two infrasound generators, which were... F- 14 something feet long um, and about a foot and a half wide mm-hmm. and uh, I thought you know it had been a long week I'd been stuck in, in and I thought we're just going to run them at full we'd ne- we hadn't we'd never run them at max before so uh, I decided to turn them up to max and um, let them play mm-hmm. and do what do what infrasound generators do best and um, then we packed it all away and sometime later a little while later we were all in the pub when several of the um, females in our party in our team uh, reported unusual effects from the infrasound and in fact what yeah female Uh, one of the ladies christened the infrasound generator the orgasmatron (laughs) so it works for both sexes it seemed to have done Ah, interesting. Um, I mean, I was in the room with this damn thing for the best part of seven days and nights. Um, I have to say uh, that uh-huh. I, I didn't I didn't notice any unusual effects of the infrasound, normal just, or you paranormal. Just, you just normally walk around that way. Yeah, uh, normal <laughs> nor paranormal. However, um, run, run up to its near maximum power, um, it did gain the name of the nickname of as the orgasmatron. There you go. So, anyway, one other thing we throw that in there. One other thing we do want to mention about. Yeah, I know. I'm just you know, so I'm just skipping right over that baby. <laughs> yeah, we're just, we're just sort of poking around towards the end of the show now, aren't we? Yeah. Well, one thing I do want to mention before I, I do that, and uh, that is, I'm trying to scroll down to all my junk on Facebook to find the stupid thing. Is that these, your are these adverts for Viagra? <laughs> yeah, yeah, our good friend, or your good friend, actually, she's more of your good friend than my good friend since I've never truly met her in the flesh. Uh, Anne Winsper is still looking for people, I believe. Yes, I mean this. This really only those who are in the UK. What's that? Uh, this really only involves those who are in the UK because yeah, it is the UK. And if you are listening to the podcast or the show, uh, please do go to my Facebook page, scroll down a day or two, and you'll see um, a help requested need uh, needed for um, my friend and colleague, Anne Winsper, who is still seeking participants for her PhD study, which is looking at um, infrasound in a new and new 
unique way. And she is desperate for some help uh, all across the UK if there's enough people and will come to you. Um, it's all done from a computer. You can't do it remotely, unfortunately. She has mm-hmm. to uh, sit with you while you're doing it. Well, not sit with you, but she has to be present because it's all run from her computer. So please do, um, if you can, if you're able, go and check that one out. Oh, you can scroll down my Facebook page where I have posted it as well. Even better. To make it even better, Steve, once again, I posted something else on our international page. So you can just go to our international page and you can find it there as well. I have have worked my fingers to the bones here tonight. I'm telling you that... uh, it's, yeah, well, uh, after last night's uh, running with uh, the studio desk for the first time, I'm hmm. um, I'm not going near anything technical. And, and once again, uh, how can people listen to you? Uh, if they I'm find, not if they, link on there. if they go to link. Facebook and uh, it's not on my Facebook page yet. If hmm. they go to Facebook and hunt down Pure West Radio, um, you'll or go to the iTunes Store or the Android Store and hunt down Pure West Radio. The show is broadcast in the UK only, 9 p.m. to 11 p.m. on Monday night. Um, uh, is, it, is it streamed? So you could. Oh could... yeah, yeah, you can. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it's uh, it's streamed all over the world. Um, uh, and this is Mondays, so. Give you, yeah, the times are 9 p.m. UK. Uh, no, tell us U.S. time. Four till six Eastern. Okay, thank you. So, uh, yeah. Anyways, there's the music. We got to go, unfortunately. Uh, we want to uh, rest in peace, uh, Guy Playfield. I'm sure somebody will be getting EVPs of him. Yeah, uh, Steve, Huff, Steve Huff is already. Or, or some medium we contacted him, I'm sure. So, anyway. I'm sure Steve Huff. Yeah, we're going to go. Next time. Good night. God bless. God bless. to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us, good Lord.